Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. Listen in and learn how to use new mind, body, and spirit wisdom and supportive tools to move beyond your fears, self-doubts, and limiting beliefs. Tanya is devoted to helping you heal pain, illness, and trauma so you can enjoy a healthy body and balanced lifestyle. You deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life podcast. This is an inspiring, empowering series where some of the world's cutting-edge mind-body-spirit healers, coaches, and leaders are coming together to share with you their wisdom and their tools so that you can move beyond your fear, self-doubt, limiting beliefs, all so that you can heal pain, illness, and trauma and have the abundant life of your dreams. I am your host, Tanya Penny. I am an occupational therapist, author, and vibrant body and abundant life coach. And I'm here because I'm devoted to supporting you to have a healthy body, a peaceful mind in a balanced life, so that you can fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and ultimate freedom. And today, I'm actually um, excited to share the wisdom of me with you. <laughs> so um, for this month of April, um, I am on a book signing and workshop tour, and things have been really busy. So I decided to keep it simple, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give my own show this month, and I'll probably do that again in May, and then start up again in June with having wonderful, inspiring, amazing you know, awesome experts again. So that's the plan at this time. And I just want to welcome everybody who's here today. So we're going to be diving into your divine body and emotions today. And I can't tell you how excited I am to be talking about this. This is one of my absolute favorite foundational things that I pretty much teach with all of my clients and all of my programs. So I will be having quite a bit of content to share with you today, but I'm going to be taking some questions towards the end of this 60-minute call. And so if you have a question, what I recommend you do is write it down, or if you're on the webcast, you can go ahead and type it in the box on the bottom of the screen. And if you're on the phone, you can raise your hand star two. And what I'm looking for today in terms of questions, you can ask questions about any content that I that I give also if you have a specific illness or symptom in your body that you are trying to heal, I recommend you raise your hand and be prepared to share a little bit of history. So I'm going to be asking you some questions about your, your past history and then give you some guidance as to what are the things that you really need to focus on to heal. So that is what's going to be happening during the questions. I see people already raising their hand. That's great. So before, you know, before I go ahead and call on people at the end of the call, you might just want to jot down right now, you know, what is the symptom or symptoms, illness, disease, and also some past history, like when did this start? 
what happened around the time that it started? And any other thing that kind of feels important as I go through some of the information um, in a few minutes that I'm going to be sharing with you about our bodies and our emotions. So let's see, what else? I think that's, I think that's good as far as the um, agenda and the things that I'm looking for. So for those of you who are new to me, I just want to give a little bit of a bio like I do for all of my experts. Um, I'm Tanya Penny. As I said, I'm an occupational therapist since, gosh, 1998. And recently, probably the last couple of years, been calling myself a vibrant body and abundant life coach. Um, I'm also a recent author of the book, Connecting with the Divine You, that you can purchase on Amazon, uh, Kindle and paperback. And my passion is really to teach, empower, and support you to heal past trauma and chronic illness. And I do that using my mind-body-spirit methodology, which I'll be sharing with you um, today. So why am I here? Why am I teaching this? Um, besides, you know, my obvious background as an as a occupational therapist and such, um, really it was my own dark night of the soul, my own personal healing journey that got me to where I am today. So for about 25 years, I experienced anxiety, depression, pain, headaches, and I carried extra weight. In 2004, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And I really understood that after a few years um, to be my wake-up call. I tried Western medicine for three years. And in 2007, I had a, all I can call it is a voice, that I believe was from my higher self that said there is a different way. There is a an alternative way to heal this disease that everyone says there is no cure for. And at the time, I was pretty bad off. I had lost vision in my right eye. I had trouble speaking, believe it or not. Um, it was like I had a stroke on the right side of my body most days, or I should say many days, so weak and so numb that I could barely use that side of my body and had extreme difficulty walking. So that's just a little bit of, you know, the things that I was struggling with, because everyone who has MS, it can be a little bit different. Um, the debilitating fatigue as well was another one of my, I would call my biggie symptoms. So I had this wake-up call. I had this, um, this voice that said, do it a different way. And I really, at that point, started down my journey to alternative healing. I looked at diet, of course. I looked at you know, essential oils. I looked at acupuncture and massage and nutritional therapy. I really did it all, right? Anything that I could get my hands on. I also started to study mind-body healing philosophy. First through Louise Hay. You might have heard her book, Heal Your Body. Um, I also studied with Carolyn Mace, The Science of Medical Intuition, in order to support myself to heal. And gosh, there was many other people um, that I studied as, as well. But in a nutshell, that's the journey that I went on. I also got involved with a study for people who had multiple sclerosis, and they were using a practice called integrative restoration, which was a meditation-type practice. I ended up getting trained in that because I found it beneficial. So I really wove all of those things together and 
came up with what I, what I called my healing process, therapeutic meditation process, and the 10 keys to a vibrant body and abundant life. So that is what I currently teach in all of my programs, my workshops. That's what my book is about. And um, yeah, so that's why I'm here because it worked for me. And I've worked with hundreds of people since 2008 that I've supported to heal everything from you know, the worst trauma out there, abuse, sexual abuse, to illnesses such as cancer and multiple sclerosis, um, anxiety, depression, uh, thyroid, et cetera, insomnia, um, fill in the blank. So that's why I'm here. So let's start with why is it important? Why is it so darn important for us to connect with and accept and listen to our body and I talk about feelings in the body and our emotions. So let me first start by saying, when I say feeling, I know a lot of people use the word feelings and emotions interchangeably. Feelings in my process and in my practice and in my teachings have to do with physical sensations in your body. So you might call them symptoms, but they are feelings or symptoms in your body such as pain, fatigue, weakness, numbness, um, GI issues, discomfort, tension or tightness in the body, headaches are a feeling in the body. It can also include things like weight. Weight is a feeling, the feeling of heaviness, right? So it can be an area of the body that's carrying weight. It can have to do with a thyroid issue, maybe a female or male issue, prostate, or fibroids, those are quote-unquote feelings or symptoms in your body. Even a full-blown disease like cancer and then the symptoms that go with it and MS and any other autoimmune disease, those are what I'm going to talk about today as feelings. And then emotions, and by the way, the two are very much connected. I'll be talking about that. But emotions are things like anxiety um, and depression, which can also be a, um, a symptom, a diagnosis, but fear and sadness and grief and anger and joy and happiness and acceptance and peace, those are um, emotions. And what happens in a nutshell is we have an emotion and over time, if we do not take care of that emotion and listen to it and then help to feel it and release it from our body, it will continue to build and eventually create a disease or a di some other kind of disease in your life. Right. So that is, in a nutshell, um, mind-body healing philosophy. It also has to do with our beliefs, which we're going to cover next month. So... When we are disconnected from our true self, in this case, our body, our emotions, when we are disconnected from any part of ourselves, our desires, um, I talk about in seven life areas, it creates dis-ease and eventually disease. So your body and its feelings or symptoms and the emotions you have are messengers. They are coming to let you know that something needs to be addressed. Something is wanting to be healed so that you can come back into alignment with your true 
yourself. Okay, so that's why it's so important for us to stop ignoring these symptoms, these feelings in our emotions, and begin to not look at them as the enemy anymore, but look at them as friends even, right? Um, and I know for some of you, you are like, you know, whatever it is in my body, that cannot be my friend. I'm telling you, it is. It, your body wants you to be healthy. It wants you to be happy. Your body is a barometer only letting you know when you're not in alignment with your true self. And again, that can be in the areas of yourself, meaning self-talk, self-trust, taking time to connect and nurture yourself, the area of health, mind and body, the area of spirituality, the area of love and relationships, your passions or hobbies, your purpose, career, and then money, material, slash location. Okay, so those are all of the life areas that we are talking about that could be out of alignment or out of balance with who that you truly are. Okay, so that's why it's important. So first, let's get into our feelings, our body's feelings or symptoms. So you can use whatever word resonates with you. I kind of use both interchangeably. So again, these feelings, symptoms, even diagnoses, right? Like I had MS, I had depression, I had anxiety, excess weight. I had a lot of them, you guys. I had headaches, I had um, thyroid issues. I had female issues as well. Okay, so um, I dealt with quite a few quite a few of them, insomnia. So again, these are clues. Any symptom, feeling, diagnosis you have is a clue as to where you are out of alignment with your true self in one or more of those seven life areas I just mentioned. So before I get more into the mind-body piece, I just want to talk a little bit about why are we just, how did we become so disconnected from our bodies? Why do we ignore our body's signals? Why do we try to push it away, ignore it, get rid of them? The vibrant body, an abundant life blueprint. We weren't taught, most of us, that our body was a barometer, that our body was here to help us, to give us clues. Most of us were taught to ignore, push away, or reject, get rid of any symptom in the body that may come up, any disease. Tried to do that with medications, cutting it out of the body. Now, I'm not saying that medications and surgery aren't necessary sometimes, because they definitely are, but then we still have to do the deeper work. Or guess what? Whatever it was that you got cut out or healed, quote unquote, healed with the medication, it seemed, it will come back. I can't tell you how many times somebody has come to me after they've had how many bouts of cancer, gotten so many things cut out, or they've been on thyroid medication for how many years, or gosh, you know, fill in the blank, and and still it is not gone. And the truth is the body can heal itself 100% if you listen to the clues and take the appropriate action. Okay? So, We've become disconnected because we were taught 
to ignore the body and give all of the quote unquote attention to the mind, right? Most of us are living up in our head and we've cut ourselves off from the neck down because we were taught to do that. Some of us, it was because we had some pretty significant trauma in the past. That could be being teased at school, usually about your body, right? It could be media related, what we see and hear in the media about our bodies, especially women. Though men suffer from it too. I've had lots of people with eating disorders. I've had eating disorders um, because of that stuff, right? Some of us have had physical and or sexual abuse. Um, our bodies have been criticized. And so we started to hate our bodies because of what happened to us, what was said or what was physically done to us growing up. And if we don't like our bodies, we're going to disconnect from them. You know, I work with a lot of people who've had sexual abuse, and the only thing they knew to get rid of it, um, to deal with it, was to leave their body, right? Was to dis, disassociate, I can't even say the word, disassociate from the body. And I dealt with that too. Um, I had physical and sexual abuse as well growing up. So hated my body, was ashamed of my body, and wanted really nothing to do with it. I hit puberty early, was another issue. Um, I can't even begin to tell you how much body hatred I had. And then, of course, with the MS, it got even worse. So learning to accept what is in our bodies, not like, but accept our bodies as they are, including the symptoms that are currently there right now, is extremely, extremely important to your healing process. So people often ask me, how, how, do you, how do you discern? How do you read the clues your body is giving you? you know, how, do I, how do I do this and how do you do your work, Tanya? So first of all, I learned to use kind of a guidebook. And that guidebook for me was the Louise Hay book and also Carolyn Mace's book, Anatomy of the Spirit. And as I said before, I've, I've studied both. So using, looking up your symptom or the chakra area that the symptom or diagnosis is occurring in and going and looking as to what those areas might mean, right? So what might be the emotional and or mental pattern that is causing that illness, that feeling, that diagnosis. So that's one of the first things I do, and I recommend that to all of my clients. My next step then is to get a very thorough past history from my clients. So I ask you things like to rate the seven life areas, number one, we want to look at current and past, your level of um, currently, your level of, what's the word I'm looking for? Sometimes words still elude <laughs> me. Um, your happiness level, I guess, in each of the seven life areas on a one to 10 scale. So I have my clients fill out this long questionnaire, which is very helpful for both of us. And I ask about current, and then I ask about past history. So relationships in your past, including family your relationship with your mom, your dad, their relationship with each other. 
If you have any past partners, your relationship with them, how do you do with your friends? Because that gives us clues. Your relationship with your career or purpose, with money, some of the other things you've struggled with, like self-acceptance and love. So I get a really um, good history, current and past. And that helps me look at some of these areas and some of your illnesses and say, okay, I'm starting to see the connection here. I'm starting to see the pattern, the emotions and the beliefs that are related here that we need to work with. And then I also use my experience in working with hundreds of others, including at the rehab hospital I used to work with. And then I use my own intuition, right? My own guidance system, my own intuition. And that's really what I'm here to teach you guys as well. You know, I'm here to be your guide to teach you this so that you can then begin to do it for yourself eventually, right? After you practice it like I did. So let's go through generally some of the quote-unquote symptoms and feelings that are most common. And then I see that um, somebody put into the webcast, the Q&A, chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. Great. I'm going to be covering those today. Perfect. 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 All right. Fibromyalgia is an autoimmune disorder. So thank you, Christina, for, for sending that in. And then those of you on the phone, um, I'll come to you a little bit later. And then if you're on the webcast, again, you can put in any of your symptoms and any kind of other stuff that you, you think might be contributing to those, given what I just said uh, and what I'm going to share. Okay, so a common one that a lot of my people and I struggled with was insomnia whether that be difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, frequent waking, or waking early in the morning. So most people, and I worked at a sleep lab for a year, teaching what I do, supporting people to heal their sleep issues specifically. What I found for myself and most of my clients is that there is usually a high level of underlying anxiety. Fear, overwhelm, and or anxiety that is causing your sleep disturbance. So you might be putting a lot of pressure on yourself at work. Maybe you have a lot of money issues or fears. Maybe you just don't feel safe in the world because you were abused growing up. You didn't feel safe growing up. Maybe you had a really chaotic family like I did. My parents fought all the time, all the time like punching holes in walls, um, throwing frying pans, yelling like crazy, calling people really bad names. Like I grew up with that most of my life. So I was always on that, like what I call high alert syndrome. Okay, so that I believe really contributed to my sleep issue. I was also date raped, okay, at night. And so I think that continued to affect my ability to sleep. I also put a lot of pressure on myself to overachieve, to achieve, because I thought I had to do that to survive in the world, right? I had to prove myself. I had to get good grades. When I started to work, I had to prove my worth. So I had a lot of anxiety that I, you know, I'm going to say I put it on myself. I stoked it. 
um, that affected my sleep. So those are some common patterns that I see with people who have trouble sleeping. So take note if that's you. Let's move next to fatigue. And whether it's chronic fatigue syndrome or it's fatigue due to like MS or another um, illness, right? Whatever the fatigue, there's a couple different, there's a couple different pieces to fatigue. And remember what I'm sharing with you, not all or nothing. Some of these things might resonate with you and some might not. Okay, so you don't, it's not like it has to all be true for you. I'm just giving a generalization and some may be true for you and some may not be true. So fatigue can, yes, be due to number one, physically doing too much. Some of my fatigue used to be doing, uh, used to be due to that for sure. Now, fatigue can also be caused by feeling bored with your life, feeling bored with your life. Maybe you're unhappy in your job. Maybe you're unhappy in your marriage or significant partnership. Maybe you are not having enough time to do what you love. That can cause fatigue, not making enough time to do what you love. Fatigue can also, another cause can be resistance. You are resisting making some kind of change that your guidance is actually asking you to make. Your higher self, whatever you want to call it, higher level, something bigger. You may be getting guidance to leave a job, leave a marriage, to make more time for yourself daily, to work less, to make some kind of food or health change. Maybe it's to move your body more on a daily basis or get outside and you're resisting following, listening to your guidance. So those are all possible causes of fatigue. Depression, right? Um, ongoing depression, that emotion can also cause fatigue. Moving into weight. One second here. So weight is complex for many of us. And excess weight specifically I'm going to talk about today, though I work with clients who have both um, anorexia or trouble gaining weight and losing weight or keeping weight off. Um, I typically attract um, more of the excess weight, but I can work with both. I struggled with both anorexia and bulimia, excess weight uh, growing up. So excess weight often has to do with you wanting to protect yourself or trying to protect yourself, whether you are conscious of it or not. Remember a lot of these things, you guys, we are not conscious of. So protecting yourself. So when I was date raped, I gained 20 pounds within like 30 days. Not consciously, right? But on a subconscious level, I thought if I gain weight, people, I'll be less likely that this would happen again, okay? Or that this person would want it again, or anybody for that matter. Many of us can also put on weight to protect ourselves. So a lot of people with sexual abuse have excess weight on their body. 
Now, this can also be due to if you had, um, if you're very empathic or sensitive, which most of my people are, you can actually gain weight to not take on other people's emotions because we are so sensitive that's something we do. So the excess weight can be there because you, you don't want to take on other people's emotions or stuff. And again, this is not conscious that we do this. It can also be because you are stuffing your own emotions. You're emotionally, sometimes emotionally eating. Sometimes my clients are not overeating at all. And they are still very heavy because they are stuffing their emotions versus feeling and releasing them, which we're going to talk about later today. Weight can also, um, emotions, yes, you know, of course, eating too much, not, not moving your body enough, but those are like the simple pieces. <laughs> I'm talking about the ones a lot of people don't talk about in terms of keeping weight off and having a healthy body weight. So a lot of emotions that are stored on people's body as weight, shame, guilt, blame, anger, those are the big ones. When it comes to emotions you may be hanging on to or stuffing, okay, that are causing weight on your body. And I'm just going through and, and giving you some of the basics, you guys. This is by no means the be-all, end-all. Um, when I work with you, whether it's in a virtual program and a group or one-on-one, -on -one, we get much deeper into all of this, into all of this mind-body healing stuff. I'm just giving you the basics today. Um, let's move next to autoimmune. So autoimmune disorders. I had MS. Christina said fibromyalgia. Um, there's chronic fatigue. There's Crohn's disease. Um, gosh, there's a lot of different auto, uh, there's thyroid disorders that are considered autoimmune disorders. So in general, autoimmune disorders have to do with you attacking yourself. So really thinking about if you have an autoimmune disorder, which ways am I attacking myself? Am I attacking myself with my words, my self-talk, right? Not talking very nice to myself internally or externally. Am I attacking myself with my actions, right? And again, looking at all seven life areas, and when you attack yourself with actions, it can look like this. It can look like you not doing things that you want to do, that you would love to do, that you're being guided to do because you're afraid of either failing, what other people are going to say, what I call people-pleasing. Um, the three Ps are big in what I teach you guys. Um, perfection, people-pleasing, pretending to be super woman or man. So those are the big ways that we attack ourselves. We might push ourselves too hard mentally, physically. We may not do things that we want to do because we're trying to please other people. We might be working too hard or too much, pushing ourselves in that way. Um, not having enough time for passions and play and rest. Those are all typical ways we are attacking ourselves, okay? And then, yeah, MS, fibromyalgia, we can get into specifics. I'm not going to do that today, um, except to say that the primary emotion with MS is fear. The primary emotion with fibromyalgia that needs to be worked with is guilt. Um, guilt and or shame. 
fear can also be in there as well, usually is. Um, let's see, the other ones, chronic fatigue. There's no really specific emotion with chronic fatigue, except, yeah, there's, there's actually a lot of boredom and resistance. Those are emotions. Um, but those are just some of the basics having to do with autoimmune disorders. A lot of people with MS um, and fibromyalgia have, have past trauma, usually some sexual, um, physical, definitely verbal um, abuse. <clears throat> I haven't met anybody with an autoimmune disorder who hasn't had verbal, at least verbal abuse and, and some most physical and sexual. So depression, what could that be telling you? What's the underlying cause of depression? Depression can be due to a few things. One is that you are angry at yourself. You are blaming yourself for something you did or didn't do currently and or in the past. And again, this is from a mind-body healing perspective. Those of you that say, well, it got passed down in my DNA. Awesome. These things still are part of it, are part of healing it. If it got passed down in your DNA, so did the emotions and the beliefs that went with it, okay? And um, people from past lives carry stuff forward, too. I just want to add that. Um, depression can also have to do with, um, again, past trauma and holding on to um, the shame, the shame and the hurt from the past trauma. A lot of people with depression um, have that. That can be a piece of it. Let's see what else. Again, anxiety typically has to do with um, the three Ps. Most of us tend to be anxious because either we are being a perfection, um, right or wrong, being hard on ourselves or our parents were to themselves and or to us. Um, feeling anxiety, the not good enough stuff, I've got to work harder, do it perfect, get it right. Those types of things cause the anxiety, those belief systems. Headaches and migraines. So headaches typically have to do with, <clears throat> excuse me, headaches often have to do with self-criticism. So beating up on yourself, self-criticism, fear. Migraines is dislike of being driven, pushing yourself too hard, or a lot of us growing up were pushed really hard by one or both of our parents, maybe even a teacher. And so the migraine started to happen due to that, that extreme pressure. And now you're putting that pressure on yourself as an adult. You continue to do that because that's what was happening growing up. Thyroid issues. So hypothyroid tends to have to do with you not you not speaking up enough, you not speaking your truth enough. Hypo, you're holding back, right? Hyperthyroid tends to have to do with you are speaking up, taking care of things, being responsible for things that are actually not yours to speak up about or to be responsible for. Um, some people would call that kind of a controlling um, type of personality, <clears throat> hyperthyroid. And then if you've got the combo, I like to call it, 
um, you actually have some of both, right? Um, some of that you're not speaking your truth enough about stuff that's important to you, and then some you're getting too involved in other people's stuff when you don't need to be. Let's see what are some other common ones that I want to cover here. Um, I think fibroids are a good one. I have quite a few clients with fibroids right now. And fibroids typically have to do with um, you're holding on to a past hurt. Right? So you're holding on to past hurt or pain um, that was inflicted on you by a partner. Typically, it can be due to a parent. But typically, it's due to a, a boyfriend, a girl, um, can't be a girlfriend. So this is a female problem, a, like a boyfriend, I guess, or a girlfriend if you are um, same sex, right? If you have a same sex partner. So, um, so fibroids tend to have to do with that. So I get a lot of people who've been divorced, who have, who have bad fibroids, and we need to work through releasing the you know, the, the, the hurt and the, even the anger and the grief around that relationship. Um, I was date raped, right? I had to work through that. I had cysts, uh, polycystic ovarian, which is a little bit different, but kind of falls in the same. So, um, so that is some insight into the fibroid cysts. And I think right now that's, um, feeling pretty complete. Cancer, cancer is more complicated depending on where in the body you have it. Um, another one that just came in that a lot of people have is UTIs. Um, UTIs are you being pissed off about something and you haven't, you haven't addressed it, typically with your partner. <laughs> um, so that is UTIs. So in a nutshell, those are just some really general kind of basic connections between the symptom or the feeling or the disease in your body and what might be the underlying cause. Okay. And as I said, if you decide to work with me on a deeper level, I get more, I get more into that. And I'll be taking a few questions at the end of the call today as well. Um, after I move through emotions. So let's see. All right. So emotions. So first of all, why do we have, why do so many of us struggle, struggle with our emotions and actually dealing and feeling our emotions, expressing our emotions in healthy ways? And again, it's going to go back like most things do to our past history. Most of us growing up did not have healthy role models for how to feel and deal with our emotions, how to express them. So we ended up learning what to do with them from our family. You know, I like to use my example, of course. Um, I learned to stuff my emotions with food, with TV, with staying really busy, and also with alcohol and drugs. That was my dad's my dad did that as well as TV, and my mom used food and TV. And staying really busy, um, whether it's at work or doing things for other people. 
um, in my mom's case. So we tend to we tend to treat our emotions the way we saw our parents treat our, their emotions and or treat ours growing up as children. Okay, so that's where we learn to stuff. And some of us stuff with spending, we stuff with sex, we stuff with controlling and getting really involved in other people's lives so we don't have to deal with our own stuff, working too much. Those are some very you know, typical ones that, um, that a lot of my people a lot of my people struggle with. So what happens when we stuff our emotions? And again, some of you may have heard this before. Some of this may be completely new to you. From a mind-body healing perspective, when you stuff your emotions and you don't acknowledge, feel, express, and release them in healthy ways, they will get stored in your body. You're holding them inside, right? So as you hold them inside, the longer you do that, they're going to go to certain areas of your body, depending on what the emotion is. And eventually they will become a symptom and even a full-blown disease. Okay. So it's very important to learn healthy ways, which is what I'm helping you guys to do. The first piece is to become aware of it. So you may even want to ask yourself right now, what emotions Right. How did I learn, what did I see growing up in terms, you know, of my emotions? How did my parents express their emotions? Were some okay, some not okay? Um, you know, were none of them okay? Were all of them ignored? Was I only allowed to be happy? Or was I allowed not to be too happy because maybe my mom or somebody in my family was depressed? And that made them feel worse if I expressed happiness or joy. Was I not, you know, my case, my dad did not like it when my mother expressed sadness. He would get angry and rage. So I stuffed my sadness for, I didn't cry for almost 15 years. Um, right? So just kind of reflecting on what are the emotions that, that were okay to feel in your family, which ones weren't, and what were the stuffing patterns that you learned? given what your parents did growing up. Okay. And our emotions, again, are messengers. So we want to learn healthy ways to be with our emotions so that we can discern why they are here. So your emotion may be there because it's something that happened in the past that still needs to be healed, right? The depression, for example. Maybe there's fear from a past trauma that is still stuck in your body. So it, we need to heal that past situation, feel and release that fear. Now, some emotions are showing up because they're letting you know that there is a need for a boundary to be set with yourself or somebody else or a boundary that you did set with yourself or someone else has been broken. So those are the two, usually the two main reasons why emotions come up. It's either due to a past situation memory that you're still playing or it's a current situation that is being called for you to take an action 
either set a boundary with yourself or somebody else, have um, a conversation about someone who has broke a boundary that you set. So again, your emotions are letting you know what it is that is, is really needing asking for attention and to be healed. So let's see here. I'm going to take you guys um, some questions in a minute. Um, I have to take a quick break. I need to go grab some more water. I, my throat is dry and I drank all my water. So um, just hold tight for about two minutes and I'll be right back. You might want to write down your questions, whether in the webcast or on the, um, if you're on the phone, you can raise your hand. I know several of you have already and I will be right back. All right, thank you for waiting, everybody. I am back. Okay, so let's see. I'm gonna go to Burlington, Vermont first. Hello, Burlington, Lamont, uh, Vermont, can you hear me? Hi, do you hear me? Yes, I do. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking to today? My first name is Sarah Grace, S-A-R-A-G-R-A-C-E, and thank you so much for picking me. I really oh, appreciate you're so it. Welcome. Yes, Sarah. Uh, everything, I'm so happy that you're here everything, today. Everything you said made sense to me. And, you know, it's like, like you, I have tried so many different ways to heal. I don't know if you want me to just give you a brief picture of what, um, but I still you know, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, because I know that health challenges, you know, encompass all of those. So, you know, I've done... What are your, you know, what are your health challenges, I think, is most important? What is my what? What are your health challenges? Okay. I have autoimmune Hashimoto's, Epstein-Barr, systemic fungus, mold, and yeast issues. I've been in, contaminated many times in housing. I have parasites, 
and then all of the things that come along with those, you know, sleep issues, body aches and pains, incredible fatigue, headaches with nausea, and um, you know, all the all the different, you know, kinds of kinds of um issues that you talked about that you have physically along with um these kinds of things. So um I have terrible constipation, bloating, gas. I'm 63 and I look like I'm six months pregnant. You know, my my um, stomach will ache and ache and ache. And um, so, I mean, I mean, those are the basics. I, de I definitely deal yeah. with anxiety. And, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I can go over the past. I am a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, I grew up in a very abusive household set and I with family and other sexual, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual abuse, um, rage, rage, rage in my family. Both my parents mm. and um my brother raged at me and, you know, hurt me in many, many ways. And my sister as an adult has has done many of the same things and we live near each next door to each other and but i have gone to therapy done body work gone to you know taken tons of of um, different types of supplements and changed my diet and all those kinds of things yeah yeah so what i'm you know there's always deeper layers right to healing, um, I, I have found, and it always takes lots of pieces, right? So it sounds like you've been doing a lot of the work. Um, what my guidance is telling me is you're still, um, there's still quite a few beliefs that are being held on to, um, given the past trauma and abuse that you endured. So there is right, um, right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of shame there. Um, still, there's a lot of anger stored in the body. Um, and I'm being called to ask you, when I talked about the autoimmune, how do you feel like you're currently still um, attacking yourself? Because it sounds like now well, you're not you're not allowing other people to attack you anymore. So how are you? Well, I mean, yourself? there, I mean, there are things that I haven't been able to avoid over the past like three plus years with my sister. And, um, we, we were, my mother died recently, but we were taking care of her. And there was a lot of abuse from my sister in regards to care and everything else. I mean, lots of accusing, lots of mean notes and, I mean, just being, I felt just like I was being kicked over and over. And I did go into, you know, a special um, program that really, really helped. And, and I was in therapy the whole time. So I got a lot of support. But I grew up hating myself and believing yes. all the horrible things people had said about me. And even right. though I know I'm a good enough person, I'm, I'm still dealing with the self-hatred. Yeah, yeah, the self-hatred, I would say, is probably one of the biggest things that um, and, and takes quite a long time once in a while for us to heal because we were so, the way we were treated growing up, we were so conditioned to think we must, we must not be good enough. There must be something wrong with us or we wouldn't be treated this way, right? Or we wouldn't be treated right, this way. Right, right, so, and hating our, hating our bodies. And, and yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I, I was like, I mean, 
I am a naturally, I don't say this in a negative way any, anymore, I am a naturally very sensitive person. And yes, I feel and take in everything. And I was not a rager. I was a runawayer. I mean, I would, you know, run and hide basically and retreat. So yeah. um, I wasn't allowed to feel. I wasn't allowed to, to you know, share anything. I wasn't allowed to try to defend myself, which never works with people who are raging at you anyway. No, no, not when you're little, because when we're, when we're little, we don't have the power, right? We, we really well, don't. <laughs> but I've been a little person all my life because, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I was being abused by my brother into my, into my 20s. And, um, you know, my father's abuse ended towards me, but it was pretty severe emotionally. Yeah, so, so my suggestion would be is um, I would start by, and you may have done a few of these things before, but even if you have, I get to do them again. I get to get some of that rage and anger out of your body that is being stored in it to write a letter to each of your abusers and really, really let them have it. Like get the anger out. You're not going to give it to them. This is for you. Right. Oh, no, I understand is, that. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, this is for you. So write, so number one, write a letter to each of your abusers. And then write a self-acceptance letter to yourself because you also have quite a bit of anger towards yourself for allowing these things to happen, even though you were powerless at the time. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I have done so much forgiveness work and program. And this is not about steps. forgiveness. Yeah, this is not well, about all I want to say is, I mean, I have tried to to drum up rage and anger, and I did a lot of that in my early 20s, but I just don't feel it towards anybody else anymore. I, so I guess I that's you, my, my bugaboo. I just yeah. don't. <laughs> so get in touch with you it know, again. I mean, but the thing is, is I feel like if I, I feel like if I, if I could access it, I would be willing to. So I, that's the part of me I don't understand because. Well, it can, I, it, it I, can take practice, sweetie. It can take practice because here's yeah. the thing: we for so long, we couldn't express it. It wasn't safe. Right. right? It right. wasn't safe to do that. So. So for a lot of, like I said, a lot of my clients, I mean, I work with people sometimes two to three years because this stuff is buried so deep, right? That it's, yeah, it's been pushed down yeah. for so long. And my gosh, you're in your 60s. You've, it's been pushed down for so many decades, right? So, so again, um, you know, briefly, just I would write a letter to each of the abusers. You're not going to give it to them. You're going to write a self-acceptance letter about anything that you're still beating yourself up for. I would then recommend, if you haven't, going and using, there's a free guided practice. Um, no matter which free gift of mine you sign up for, there's a free guided practice. And I would use that at least once a day with the intention to help release, and you can rotate, anger, fear, um, sadness around what happened. There's I mean, you've got you've got a lot of grief, and grief to me is a combination I do. of I, sadness. I have a lot of grief. I'm yep, an and, and grief is really a combo. Yeah, grief is a combo of sadness, anger, and fear. Right. So you could set an intention when you use the guided practice to release, um, release and heal grief, 
And also, you're going to want to write a list of the beliefs that you are most likely holding, like, I'm not good enough, or I'm not lovable, or I'm not worthy. Whichever ones you think are there given how you were treated or not treated, right? Because you're still, those are still running in the background. So you can write those down, write an opposite truth, whether you believe it or not, and then use, you can weave those into the guided practice as well. So the guided meditation practice um, is going to help you to release those emotions that are stuck in your body. They're going to help you to shift those beliefs that are still running in the background, mostly, most of the time that they're not even conscious, um, that are keeping those illnesses lodged or stuck in your body. Right, right. That makes sense. So I recommend to get started with those things. And then, of course, if you want to go deeper, um, I offer lots of ways to do that. Um, and you can look into those as well. So if, if you feel called to do that, does that sound good? Yes, thank you so much. Really yeah, good. you're welcome, Sarah. Thank you. thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Talk to you. Talk to you when I talk to you. Bye now. All right. Let's see. I'm going to go look on the webcast to see if there's any, and I'm going to take the next call on the phone, I think. Um, I'm going to be able to take one more call today, you guys. I have to stick to my 60 minutes or so because I have a client a little bit. So let's see who I'm going to pick next here. We've got three people. Um, I'm feeling called to Annette. Uh, sorry, yep, Annette. So, hello, Annette. Hello. How are you today? Thank you for calling in. Thank you for taking my call. Um, my issue is around weight gain. Now, I was born uh, tall and skinny, and I like it, but I got teased mercifully for it growing up Ooh, and okay I was a late bloomer didn't uh, go through puberty till I was 16 um and and I've always had trouble gaining weight but uh seriously underweight right now because of years of depression and self-neglect and food doesn't yeah. taste good and I want to gain weight healthily but um hunger pains feel like nausea to me and I just don't know how to get get around that yeah wow okay so you've got the you've got the gaining weight piece and the nausea um so one of the things I'm getting for you is there is there's almost a the depression is not wanting I don't know how to say this any other way, but there's a part of you that doesn't want to be here. Yes. <laughs> Sadly right? enough, yeah. Well, a part, yes. Not 100%, yeah. but yes. So let's talk to that part for a minute, if if we can. Um, okay. Is that okay with you? Yes. Yeah. So it's helpful if you close your eyes. Okay. And if you can just silently... Um, call this part of you forward, right? And just let her know that it's it's safe. This is a safe container. We just want to talk to her for a few minutes. And we'd really like to know why she doesn't want to be here. 
And so just silently asking her that and see what she has to say to you and feel free to share it with me. It's too hard. I'll yeah. never, I'll never make enough money. I'll never, uh, uh, it's too hard to get ahead, to, to find joy, to, to be peaceful, to, uh, I know yeah. that I'm worthy. I know I deserve it, but. But the hard thing is playing. Yes. Yeah. And so growing up, is that what you learned? Yes. Uh, I was never picked for sports. I was always ridiculed at recess. Uh, I was the last one picked when you had to pick somebody. Um, yeah, I just felt rejected from all yeah. directions. So we got that life is hard and also the, uh, you know, I'm not going to be I'm not supported is what I'm hearing. Yes. When particularly when I was growing up, my believe my mom did the best she could, but of course she, they all would do. Just, she would just tell me, don't worry, honey, you'll, you know, you'll develop someday. And but that didn't, didn't help, you know? No, it didn't, it didn't help the, it didn't, um, it was putting a bandaid on the emotions that you were really feeling. Yeah, that's what I see it as, yeah. Yeah, so let's give this part of you, um, and, and before we go to do that, I also want to ask, besides it feeling hard in school growing up, did you learn, like, because of your parents, that there wasn't enough money and that yes. you had to work hard? Mm -hmm. Yes. And my father yeah. told me, uh, you're only ever going to be able to do be a secretary, for example. Uh, you're oh, yeah. only ever going to make this much money. <laughs> you're just not smart yeah. enough. Right. Things like that. Right. He didn't encourage me. My mom didn't encourage me. And I've yeah, always felt like point. on my own. Yeah. So I think, I think those are two big pieces we're going to need to work with that you're going to need to continue to work with, right? Is that it's too hard to survive, right? Yep. And then the other piece is I don't have any support. Yeah. I'm not I'm not supported is the belief. Right. So we really want to, you know, a after this call and, and moving forward, really on a daily basis working with these beliefs. It's too hard to survive and I'm not supported. And then what would be the opposite truths for you? Even if you don't believe them now. I could do anything I set my, my mind to. I can I deserve it, and I'm worthy, and I can do it, and it's all just waiting for me if I would just take down walls of resistance. And walls of fear, right? I guess so, yeah. And, yeah, and walls of fear. So so it's too hard to survive. The opposite is um, I am I am thriving, right? I am, I'm going to just give you some additional words here to use. Um, I'm thriving. Right? I'm thriving in my life. Life is yeah. easy. That would be easily awesome. support. Yeah, yeah, easily supporting myself. Yes. So here, because here's the thing: we've got these emotions, and I know next month we're getting more into beliefs, but I can't help myself today because that's where 
actually all this other stuff comes from is, is caused by the beliefs that we've been hanging on to given our previous past experiences. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are the things that keep running in the subconscious, um, unconscious. Right. So the, and then the I'm not supported, what would be the opposite truth there? Oh, um, I have no problem being supported uh, emotionally, financially. All of it, right? I'm yeah. always loved and supported. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always loved and supported. And then I'm not smart enough. I, I loved what you said before. I, I, can, I can do whatever I put my mind to. Is that what you said? Yes. Whatever I choose, right? I can do what I love. I can do whatever I choose. Um, you know, not just be a secretary like my dad said, because that is so old. So one of the things yeah. you're going to want to do, right, is you're going to want to continue to work with these beliefs on a daily basis. <clears throat> so let's, um, I'm going to take you through just a, a little mini practice. And then again, like okay. I said to Sarah, you can go, if you haven't yet, download the guided therapeutic meditation practice. And you can work with these beliefs on a daily basis by listening to that. Um, and okay. then also the emotions that go with these beliefs, right? These beliefs, it's too hard to survive. I'm not supported. I'm not smart enough. Those are causing the depression. Yeah. And the nausea, and the nausea is not, you're not stomaching life. You're not taking life in. Oh. Okay. You're, you're rejecting life. Oh. So that is really what your nausea is telling you. And then that's keeping you from eating and you keep losing weight because you don't want to be here anyway. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So um, what I'm going to have you do is just place your hand on your heart or wherever else you feel drawn to on your body. Where do you feel the depression, I guess? Maybe one on your hand. um, Sorry, one on your stomach and one on your heart. Yeah. Yeah, because I know the nausea is in your stomach, so I was thinking to put a hand there. And again, let's just talk to this part of you who thinks life is too hard. It's too hard to survive. She's not supported. I'm not smart enough. And let's just sit with this part of you that still believes those things. And if you can just breathe and you can silently say to yourself, I know that you think it's too hard to survive, that you're not supported, and you're not smart enough. (laughs) It's just my phone. I'm not answering it. That's okay. Yeah. Um, we'll We'll silence it and keep going. So, yeah, if you can just get in touch with this part of you and let her feel the way she wants to feel. Let her feel the emotions, right, of the sadness and the grief or the fear that's coming up with these beliefs, right? Her believing it's too hard. Mm -hmm. She's not supported. She's not smart enough. And again, notice where you feel that in your body and just place your hand there and breathe. And we're just listening to this part of you now that's been rejected and shut down for so long. And what emotions coming up for you? It's like, why even bother? It's it's so much work, and I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. So, what emotion would be attached to the to those thoughts? 
just sad. Just like sad and, and hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're just honoring this part of you that feels this way, that thinks these things. And now we want to show up and start to tell her what's really true. Even if she doesn't really believe it right now, that's okay. I want you to start silently telling her, we are supported. We are loved. We can do whatever we choose to do with ease. We are supported to do what we're being guided to do, right? What brings us joy, what lights us up, what we feel passionate about with ease. We can thrive. We don't have to be afraid to live anymore. We'll take baby steps and we'll move forward and we'll make progress. It doesn't all have to be done overnight. That's important right there. Yeah, it doesn't have to happen overnight, right? Just small steps every day. Right. And she and she is capable and she is smart and she is powerful. And she is powerful. And she doesn't have to live under anybody else's umbrella of crap anymore. All the conditioning right. that was placed yeah. on her. Right. So just breathing that in and just noticing, how does your body feel now? A bit more relaxed. Right. And tingly, awesome. a little tingly. <laughs> awesome. So what I would do if I were you, if you were my client, and you are right now, because we're on the phone together, I would go back and I would listen to this, because the replay will be up. I go back and listen to this part every day. I would also use the guided therapeutic meditation practice. Um, there's a free practice if you sign up for any of my gifts that you can use. I would listen to that at bedtime as you fall asleep. Okay. Because you don't have to hear a word of it. It's, it's, it's reprogramming those negative beliefs. Right? Those limiting beliefs that have been making you sick, literally. Nauseous and, and not gaining weight. Right. Um, I would even wake up and do it in the morning. So bedtime and in, mor in the morning when you wake up so that it'll help you to then have more of an appetite for life. It'll give you more hope so that you can take the steps that you're guided to take next um, in order to do whatever, whatever it is that is going to be your livelihood. Right. Okay. So that's what I would start with. And then, like I said to Sarah, if you're interested in receiving more support, I've got many ways, you know, to offer that to you. And you can go check that out on, on my website. So Okay. Yeah, Annette, thank you so much for um, having the courage to call in today. And I just uh, appreciate you. Well, I really appreciate you, too. And uh, your guidance is priceless. Thank you. You are so welcome. It's my pleasure. And uh <laughs> I hope that maybe you can go eat a little bit after we get off the phone. <laughs> Perhaps I will. <laughs> All right, sweetie. Take care. Okay, thank you. Take care. You're welcome. All right, you guys. That was awesome. Um, yeah, great. So I wish I could take more calls. I do have to jump on the phone with a client in about four minutes. Um, <laughs> 
So I decided to do this call kind of last minute today and already had clients scheduled. So um, again, I just wanna, just wanna thank everybody for, for being here for Vibra Body and Abundant Life Podcast. Um, if you haven't yet, please do go and receive my free gifts. There's two of them, the Divine You and the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Starter Kit. Um, the Divine You is really my foundation to all of my programs. Um, it's connecting and accepting all parts of you. You get a guided therapeutic meditation practice. Um, you get the first two chapters of my book, Connecting with the Divine You. And the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Starter Kit is really the 10 keys blueprint. Um, that I use in my year-long program. So it's built on the foundation, the divine you, and it's the other nine keys as well. There's an audio lesson to walk you through the 10 keys. There's a PDF guide and then another guided therapeutic meditation practice, which is one of my most powerful tools to support you to listen to what your body's telling you, to release emotions that are stuck in your body, and to shift those negative beliefs, which we're going to talk more about next month. Um, I haven't haven't gotten the date set yet, but you guys will be notified. So um, all of these helping you to, to heal and co-create the life, the healthy, passionate life of purpose you're here to live with ultimate freedom. Um, and the other thing I just want to throw out is um, I do have a program right now, my foundational program, Connecting with the Divine You happening. Our next live class is April 25th. And um, that is an amazing program. It has audio lessons, which help you to go deeper. We meet for live classes. We have a Facebook group. You get one personal email with me um, each month. So to get pretty much what you got on the call today, um, when, you, when I worked one-on-one -on -one with some of these clients um, today, some of my people, um, you get that kind of support, plus there's a one-on-one -on -one option available. So I would love to work with you on a deeper level if you feel called to do that. So you can go check that out either on the webcast or if you're on the phone, um, you can just go to tanyapenny.com and, and click on programs and, and there'll be a drop down there for you. So awesome. And those of you on iTunes and Podbean, um, you can go to, again, tanyapenny.com. Um, you can click on podcast on the top and you can find the free gifts, the offers and all the other expert interviews that have previously happened over the past, wow, year and a half now. So um, awesome, you guys, thanks so much. Remember progress, not perfection, baby steps, healing takes time, it takes compassion, practice, patience, tools and trust and most importantly, support. So have a beautiful rest of your day and week and I look forward to meeting again in May. Bye. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to leave us a favorable review at iTunes. And remember to visit tanyapenny.com to receive all of your favorite free expert gifts, including Tanya's virtual workshop, 